Hello, everybody, and welcome back to WCAT The Den. I'm Ethan. I'm Matthew. And what are we going to do? Talking about sports. Yep, very much. And this is our eighth episode, I believe, of our Just Talking About Sports. We've been doing it weekly for a while, and we're going to be uh, starting off with football ain't over. So, <laughs> got to keep continue where the football starts, and that's the XFL. XFL. Had their debut, and I believe, honestly, it was pretty much a success I would agree overall. It was a very, very great. The, the teams that were playing was just very fun to watch. The games were actually fun to watch too, which is surprising compared to uh, the, the old XFL <laughs> and other other XFL things. And you thought that you would never talk about the Allegiance League ever again, but we have to bring that one up. I mean, they're both right at the moment right now. The XFL and the Allegiance are kind of at the same spot. Both had a great first day, but we'll see if compared to the uh, allegiance if the XFL could last because the Allegiance Football League didn't even make it to the championships. So. Was it the al- was it uh, Alliance? Yeah. I said Allegiance. No, you're good. The um, AAF. That's what I really just knew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, okay. Um, here's the thing that the uh, XFL has that the AAF does not. Money, because the owner Vince McMahon has a net worth of over two billion dollars in the man, and he also owns the WWE. The man is not afraid to spend all the money he has on this football league. And, you know, it, it's evident in the crazy jerseys that are better than the NFL's. Um, yeah, th- those jerseys. Hot take. <laughs> not going to lie. That's that's one of their pros so far that this XFL has had. Yes. Definitely one of those jerseys. As we'll probably cover all the <clears throat> pros and cons of this XFL. I mean, the pros, obviously, we haven't – I don't know if I've seen any of the double forward passes. That's one of the new things they add into the league. Yeah. I, I don't know if they added that, but that sounds like a cool idea. But – Starting off with the thing that I think most people have agreed with at overall was the new kickoff. Mm-hmm. I've I've only heard good reviews about this kickoff. People are loving it. It's leading to more exciting plays. The people are right in front of each other. There's people. They, the players start off at like the 50 yard line every single time because of the, such the great or such great comebacks. But even with that, the scores ended up being like one of the games was I think the Vipers only scored the Tampa, Tampa Bay Vipers only scored three points somehow. It was a low-scoring game, which is something that XFL was trying to fix, make it a high-scoring football game. But they're they're getting somewhere. They're not going to be. There's not as much talent going around in this newer league. I mean, there's some of the old players like Chandler Jones, I believe, from it was an old Cardale, Pits- right? Car- Cardale Jones, I think. I don't know if I say his name correctly. He, yeah, I think it was the old. Uh- he was a Pittsburgh Chargers, Steelers. Third, Chargers in was he was he Steelers? I think it was a Steelers backup quarterback. Yeah, and he's, then he's yeah. supposed to be the face of the XFL for the Renegades. Didn't even start the game, but no. there's other players I know. Oh, Landry Jones. Landry Jones. I couldn't think of his name. Oops. Cardale Jones is the defenders quarterback. I know there was also another player. Dunbar used to be an old quarter or the Cowboys like running back. Mm-hmm. Great, great receiving back, but couldn't find a place in the league. For him, there's also players who... Uh, Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway, former wide receiver. He's Cleveland on, Browns, former wide receiver. He's on the Vipers he's now. He's on the Vipers, even though he only scored three points. He didn't really help him there. But Rip. my my team, I've been bandwagoning. I don't know which team you're bandwagoning, but I'm bandwagoning the St. Louis Battlehawks. They got Marcus King, the big punter. Got to love him. Nice. Oh, seen yeah, him, that's right. Him. He's, he's the fi- ginormous punter. He's finally back, making things interesting, especially with the game that uh, Pat McAfee, my... My guy, was, everybody's guy, was interviewing, or he was the main interview for the XFL. Made it things interesting, my opinion. If they're gonna find some sex con- or success, continue uh, using Pat McAfee. But he got to interview with all the great players, even Troy Aikman. They almost got hit by 
one of the players because yes. they're so close to the game because that's another one of the new things they've added to the XFL. They, uh, they're going to have people interviewing right after anything happens, which I don't know about you. Is I've, as I was watching I like the it. games, I don't like it. It's, it's as much as like it's a cool idea. And it's like you're you're getting the funny like quotes from some of the players. Like I know one of them, they were interviewing the Renegades or quarterback who was a former Instagram model, and Pat McAfee was talking to him about that. That's pretty funny and all, but there's other problems about like the idea of I know I know some people liked it, but like player wise, if I was a player and I just fumbled the ball or like got mass like got a huge hit to myself. And then had Pat McAfee or some other interview come running up to you and be like, how did that feel to fumble the ball? Or how does it feel to get completely obliterated? I don't know if I like that. I'm kicking the balls. Yes. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I like that overall as like player person. Because a player, I would not be happy to do that. And I don't know what I would even say when an yeah, interview comes running up to you. But, I mean, it, it's a cool idea. Of, there, there's, there's good sides and bad sides to that interview. But for me, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if they sh- could, should continue it. I really think that the XFL will benefit from one major thing, and that is being different. Because this is definitely not your typical football. Do not, I'm not even sure you can qualify it as football. <laughs> can you? Can you qualify it as football? Because the rule changes they made are so drastic that it's not – it's like you're playing football outside with all your buddies. and backyard, it's just like Backyard football. Backyard basically. football. You basically create your own rules. Excuse me. But, you know, I look at most of the big players – the big story, of course, there was a big article on ESPN the other day about Landry Jones. He is the Renegades quarterback. He's still dealing with a knee issue. That's why he didn't play uh, this week. That's why they lost. Um, but it's so interesting to see teams like – players, excuse me, like Antonio Callaway, Cardale Jones, Landry Jones, a lot of Joneses. Um, <laughs> all of these players, what they, are able to, what they were able to do in the NFL and now trying to translate that into a bit of a more – minuscule type league and um we give them a second yeah. chance mm-hmm. like and even with the younger players that some of them might even get still drafted this april some of them that are playing it's great to see that they're actually doing something and actually improving their stock for people to get drafted and exactly and it's fun because i know that all the players love it because they do it for as the, their motto for the xfl they do it for the love of football that's xfl's law or <clears throat> motto excuse me but it's it's a great motto. I'm I'm enjoying it, and I mean there, there's so many pros and cons. But I I I've been waiting to hear this. What what team are you bandwagoning? I just just curious. <laughs> defenders, and the reason I'm choosing the, the defenders DC is defenders. because I know because I've heard of some of the people on this team. Honestly, like if I look at some of the teams like the Guardians, the Wildcats, Guardians have a good defense. I'm just saying they, they have a good defense. Problem is I don't know anybody on that team. <laughs> Once I start getting to know the names and players. Then I'll be able to truly pick a team. For now, I pay attention to the de- defenders and uh, this weekend the Renegades when they play Sunday at two o'clock on ABC. There's your plug. Um, f- when those two teams play, you're seeing quarterbacks that at least I can go, oh that guy, I know who he is, right? And so I think that's the marketing tool for the XFL is, hey, you've seen this guy, right? Now watch him in this league where he's a superstar. I'm wondering because you saw with the Alliance of American Football players get moved to the NFL stage rather quickly. We'll see if there are players in the XFL who do just that. Um, is Josh Johnson – because I, I know, I know he was blocked he a- from signing in the regular season with the Lions. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know specifically if he's on a team and which team he plays for? I have not heard anything. I don't think he's signed with any of the teams so far. But we, one thing we got to clarify is, I don't know if we said it at the start, but the XFL is a new league. It's got eight teams. I was going to yeah. list them off just so everyone actually knows. The Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, LA Wildcats, and I believe the Seattle Dragons are in the west of the league. And the east is the St. Louis Battlehawks, Tampa Bay Vipers, DC Defenders, yours, your bandwagon team, and the New York Guardians. All those, those are the eight teams. Amazing logos, amazing jerseys, as we Agreed. said earlier. Better jerseys in the NFL. But Hot take. <laughs> but it's true. It's I mean, true. it really is true. They have, it, it's been great that they're doing this XFL. I mean, compared to the last time they came out, it's definitely an improvement, in my opinion. There's no... Uh, there, I mean... For, the people have been talking about this is that they've enjoyed it because it's more freedom to the football. I mean, I don't know it if you watched two. The we we had three things we got to do. We got to we just got to see an f bomb drop, which is something they got to work on. Make sure they don't yeah, get people not to drop those f bombs. The uh, we got to see someone vomit all over the place in the middle, <laughs> of, middle of the field. <laughs> I did see that. And then we also got to see a punch. Someone uh, threw a punch at one of the guys. He's going to get suspended. So, um, uh, very interesting start to day one, but that's definitely getting people intrigued somehow, and uh, that's why I think this league's going to continue maybe longer than the Allegiance. Alliance. Alliance. Gosh, I keep saying Allegiance. <laughs> for Alliance. Two. Oh, almost close enough. Again, I think I'll recap it. The XFL, I believe, is going to stand the test of time because it has the money, which the Alliance of American Football did not. And it has the marketing. Did you see how many people were watching the first couple games? Yeah, it was the, a lot. It was 3.3 million viewers for the first game and 4.1 million for the second game on uh, the doubleheader on ABC. So if they continue to have numbers like that and it doesn't just become like a one-week, oh, I just want to see what this is like and then I don't care about it anymore, the XFL will stand for multiple years, if not become a staple like a NBA G League type thing. Yeah, because the NFL definitely needs something like that. I know college football is already humongous by itself. Yes, of course. But having another league for the players who just couldn't make it to the NFL, since it's already hard to get into the NFL, mm-hmm. it's very, very hard. People think it's easy. It's very hard to get into the NFL. To, and especially to be even like those players on the practice squad, they can maybe even send them to this so they're actually playing real games and getting real mitts and seeing if they're really worth keeping on the squad. And that's why I think the NFL should find a way to invest in this and Make it an opportunity, get better kickoffs. <laughs> get better kickoffs, that's true. And, and continue that. And Did anybody try that new onside kick thing? I've not, no. I, I don't think anyone tried it. No one went to overtime, which is the new overtime, and no one, I don't think, did the forward pass thing. They, they did a lateral. I saw the, uh, I think it was the D.C. Defenders. Defenders had a big-time uh, return. Was it a, was it a return for it was, touchdown? It was like a Liberty-like type play where they two laterals, and then they threw it back, and then they threw a deep pass, and they scored on that one, but... I don't think anyone's done forward passes. I don't think it was done, they've gone to overtime. So there's some of the rules that they still haven't done, but we're still checking it out. And then the punting rule, I think, was finally into play with uh, if you punt it out of bounds, you get it at the 45 or kick out of bounds, you get to, like the, your other player's 45. I think that's how it works, forcing the kickers to actually kick it in bounds because if, if you kick it off, you're in trouble, yeah. <laughs> basically. So, so I don't know. It's a great league, and they definitely have, they to had good crowds at all at all the games that this weekend as well. Yeah, despite that, most of the tickets they didn't re- they didn't sell any of the upper decks because they they knew people it, it knew it wasn't going to be such a huge 
first appearance, I don't think. So right. And then I, I thought also thought that was funny. The Dallas Renegades home game. I don't know if you saw that one. They were playing in the Texas Rangers home stadium. So that was kind of weird. I don't know I, if I I don't know if that's gonna be getting crowds in Dallas if they're because it's hard. I, the, as you've known in the back when. O- Oakland Raiders and the Dolphins also shared stadium with MLB stadiums, and those really haven't worked out. So I don't know if this well, Oakland's definitely hasn't worked. But. Yeah, they're, as they're now moved to the Las Vegas Raiders, but I I don't know if, if the Dallas Rangers want to find a way to continue this. Talk to Jerry's world, get maybe get his way into that. <laughs> Have fun with Jerry World. He's a stubborn boy. Yes. Yeah, see if maybe can maybe get in get into that. Find find some real homes for these teams. And I'm just curious to see where these other teams are going to play, too. I know the St. Louis Battlehawks are playing in the old Rams Rams stadium, which I thought they uh, collapsed and tore down, but apparently not. Yeah, they they definitely kept it because for university, I think St. Louis uses it. So they they share it with that. And then the Guardians still play in MetLife Stadium. That was another one. And I think did they play in the – who was the other game? The Houston Rednecks Wildcats. Where was that? Houston Roughnecks. And where did you say? I think it was in Houston. I think they played. XFL. And if, I feel like they played one, one of the teams, either the Seattle DC Defenders game or the Wildcats Roughnecks was in a soccer stadium. I'm, I'm almost certain. So Yeah, one of them is a soccer stadium. So CenturyLink Field. Uh, that's Seattle. Oh, wait, that's Seattle's. Place. Yes. <laughs> um, who plays? Oh, the Dragons, right? Dragons. Um, yeah, Dragons. Let's see. You said well, Houston, Houston right? Rednecks, right? Where Houston do they play? Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Rednecks. Gosh, GDECU I said Rednecks. ECU Stadium in Houston, Texas. So I'm assuming that's the, the Houston Dynamo, the soccer team stadium. It is I'm the, assuming. It is the uh, soccer team. The, oh, my God. Why do hmm, the Los Angeles Wildcats? They play in the Coliseum? They play in StubHub Center. StubHub Center? You know, the place where the Chargers couldn't get any tickets to sell? Huh. That place. So Los Angeles still doesn't have a home team. Um, <laughs> the Guardians play MetLife Stadium, as we said already. Dragons play CenturyLink Field in Seattle. St. Louis Battlehawks play at the Dome. Uh, Vipers play at Raymond James. Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington, D.C. The Defenders play at Audi Field. What the hell is that? Audi is maybe is the, the Nationals? Nationals. I think it's the National Stadium. Audi Field. I'm searching up Audi Field. Um, All right. You continue that, but... As, as it's the Nationals. It is the Nationals. And that is it. All right, I'm done. Yeah, we, those, those are all the stadiums, but we'll, we'll cover more of the XFL as the, or the weeks continue on because football is still going on. But Yes, sir. And you got to cover it while you can. Enjoy it while it lasts. Which, last year, it was sad. I'm, I'm still getting used to my Sundays not really having full football, but now that I'm I... I'm crying on the inside. Yes, it was. I was extremely bored not knowing what... I didn't know what to do with my day on a Sunday because it's been packed since August, so... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And now, you basically just had the reserved section for your Sundays. On always. Your no matter when, when I worked, I always made sure I'd clear my Sundays so I could watch football. <laughs> this was the first Sunday this decade where we didn't have NFL football. Yep, very sad moment. But thank God the XFL has maybe given us some sort of light for football so we can continue this and hopefully it turns into a better league. But Hopefully. Well, we're going to move on away from football now that we've done a more of an introduction to this XFL and we'll get – as I said earlier, we'll get more into the game part of it, like the games, which teams looking like the best team, and maybe our predictions if we really want to later in the weeks. But we'll move on to the NBA. And we, I know we've talked about it the last two weeks about the, the NBA trade deadline, but it's finally happened. It happened last week, and we're going to go over it right now. It lived up to its hype. How's that? I mean, I, for the NFL trade deadline, we had one trade. 
Akib Talib to Ethan's Miami Dolphins. And Akib Talib's never going to play a game in Miami. But, sorry. Um, it's all right. <laughs> but now you've got this. Listen to this. You had one trade in 48 hours in the NFL. You have any idea how many trades you had in 48 hours in the NBA? Yes. Oh, I'm going to go with eight. 13. Oh. Um, that is the big difference, is that you have that many trades that happen, and three of them were huge ones. Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks of all teams. You're going to notice here there's a theme of uh, none of the contending teams made big trades. Um, D'Angelo Russell to the T- Timberwolves, and Andre Drummond. We were talking all of last week of what contending team could could use an Andre Drummond type player. We were thinking Celtics, mainly Rockets, considering their center's about as tall as Ethan is. Um, Six five. If you don't, for those who don't know, I'm a big boy, <laughs> and I'm um, I'm a big boy in a different way. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there's your there's your Rockets. We're thinking, oh, Andre Drummond's a great fit there after they just traded away their only center. Sorry. And um, we were thinking maybe, maybe the Lakers make a move. No, how about Cleveland? Let's go to Cleveland, where if you stop in East Cleveland at any point, you're going to get killed. But anyway, Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know who was more stupid here, um, Detroit or Andre Drummond. <laughs> because Cleveland wasn't stupid. Did you, did you see who they got for him? Anyway. Yes. All right, so the trade was Andre Drummond for a bag of steel Doritos and a glass of water. And AKA Brandon Knight, reserve. John Henson, not even going to play minutes. And a second round pick that won't matter. If you're Detroit, who was drinking that many beers to what say, yeah, let's doing? take that? Your franchise player that you've been keeping for years. Apparently, Derek Rose is making a comeback of some sort that we didn't know about. Because he's their old. That's my headset. There Blake goes Griffin's <laughs> gone, and D Rose is the only one left on that Pistons team. He's the only notable player on that yeah. Pistons team now, and it's kind of devastating in a way for the Pistons because now their team might just be the worst team in all of basketball, even worse than the Warriors. Um, just a big problem with them is the fact that they have no level of talent whatsoever outside of Ricky Rose. Um, literally though, Christian Wood is their center. Raise your hand if you've heard of him. Nope. Didn't think so. Um, Sekou Dumboya? Nada. Okay, so we're all for two. Uh, Langston Galloway? Still no. Oh, for three. Um, I, and I. <laughs> Ton Maker? Nada. Oh, for four. And then you got Reggie, you got Derek Rowe. So you're one of five. Reggie Jackson right I now is the other one. anyone. Reggie Jackson? Nope. Okay, so you're all five. That, that that that's my point. And I'm the I'm the average. NBA and he's fan. the average NBA fan, but like I, I it's not my fault, and I know that I'm just kind of sick in the head. But <laughs> that was stupid. And um, if you kids, if you ever grow up to be an NBA general manager, do not be as stupid as whoever runs the Pistons organization because you don't want to give up the, one of the best players in the NBA for absolutely nothing. Okay. Um, now that I've cooled down a little bit, D'Angelo Russell. Um. This was a big move. They D'Lo, need. and I mean, I know, I know, no one's talking about it either. I mean, Andrew Wiggins to the Warriors too. Yeah, there's a there's a big double-edged uh, blade to this one because the Timberwolves give up a key piece of what was their murky future. future with <laughs> in Wiggins and replace them with an actual point guard in D'Angelo Russell. So now you have D'Lo and Cat running your point guard in your center, and then a bunch of nobodies. Apparently, two people is enough. 
But the Warriors next year, I think the Warriors come out the winner of this trade, and I'll explain why in a second. They get Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Wiggins, Mr. Technical Draymond Green, and... They still have Looney, right? Kevin Looney, He doesn't too. play anymore. Um, oh. Wiseman. And let me explain why. The Warriors will have the worst record in the NBA. They will likely have the first pick. They're not taking a guard. They're going to take Wiseman. You have Wiseman plug in immediately at center. Not only that, you have the Timberwolves' first-round pick, which, by the way, is going to be top five. Maybe LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards will be there. How about that for a six-man? They decide they're, – they're reminding me of, like, the 49ers right now. Anybody going to beat that team? Yeah. No. Nobody's beating that team ever. And they made the right move for their future. The Warriors win this because the Timberwolves right now have – No future. I'll give you their starting lineup. You're only going to know the two players that you've listed. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. Malik Beasley. You may have heard his name once or twice. Nope, didn't think so. Um, who even is their small? Juancho Hernan Gomez. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, and I don't even know their power forward. That's how terrible it is. Um, see, now, you know it's bad when I don't know a starting lineup for an NBA team. And you're crazy over the NBA. And I'm crazy over everything. So, Timberwolves failed. Anyway, what's the last one again? Oh, Capella. Yes. The 13-player, four-team trade that shook. I went to bed five minutes before this happened, and I'm kind of still eating at myself for that. But it was 11.30 at night, people. Clint Capella gets traded to a team that needed him desperately. But do they need to give up a first, him and a first-round pick for Robert Covington? No. What? Huh? Uh, are are you are you stupid in the brain? Um, this makes no sense. Did this make any sense? Did no. any of these trades make sense? We had Covington. Where where did we have Covington before the week? Um, we had him going to 76ers. Yeah, the 76ers. Because the, and well, the 76ers got uh, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, who are two very solid uh, three and D players that mm-hmm. are going to be good players on their bench. But th- this one this one was just weird. Why would the Rockets? <laughs> It's kind of like they threw P.J. Tucker into a fiery pit with no ending, but because he's six foot five and Anthony Davis is legitimately almost a full foot taller than his ass. Yao Ming is more than a foot taller than his ass, and mm-hmm. Taco Fall is like one foot, <laughs> like fourteen inches taller. That, that, that's the whole situation. The whole situation there. is tragic. He is the shortest center in NBA history. No joke, the shortest really? center to start a game in NBA history. Kind of crazy. Six foot five. Look at that. I mean, that's crazy to think that you would be tall. their second tallest player right now. I am as tall as the tall. Oh, my God. Think about that. Let that sink in. You would be the second tallest player on the Rockets starting lineup right now. And I don't even think I don't think myself as tall overall. Uh, in this school, you're, you literally – I have to kind of look up to you when I talk to you. So that, there's that, some kids that are taller. I mean, last year we had, like, Jan, Jan who was 6'9". Six, yeah, 6'9". There's a junior that's, like, 6'9", six, 6'8", six, too, I think. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, your – but okay, I so, his name, though. but there's a bunch of tall people, so I don't I don't consider myself tall, but I know I'm tall because whenever I walk through the halls and all I see is just the other tall people and everyone else just walking through, it's we're I'm in the clouds, I'm in my own world. So this is my message of the day: if Muggsy Bogues, five foot three, made the NBA, so can you. Just because <laughs> you're short doesn't mean you can't make the NBA. You might have to learn how to get a ball handle, but that's okay. 
That's why you practice. Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. Rest in peace, Kobe. Anyway, last trade of the day was we let's continue the Capella things because we get off topic a lot. Um, yes. Robert Covington has literally provided no value to this Rockets team at all right now. He, I mean, he hasn't done great past couple of games. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. He literally is just a carbon copy of your typical small forward, and you trade him, you trade for him, but giving up your franchise center and your first-round pick. So if this season literally goes into a dumpster fire and the trash can burns along with you, then that first-round pick becomes legitimately good for the Hawks, who are already going to have a top-five, top-ten pick. So you screwed yourself. These trades, I'm not saying they weren't entertaining to see. They were just really stupid, and I'm not really sure how many of them affected any teams except for the one I forgot about, Andre Iguodala. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. The small forward for the uh, Miami Heat now, what formerly Memphis Grizzlies, mainly Golden State Warriors, who when traded to the Grizzlies refused to play for them. Um, it just didn't make any sense because the Grizzlies are actually good. They didn't need him anyway. The Grizzlies were actually, <clears throat> excuse me, they were good this year. And Iguodala gets traded there alongside a, who else? Um, Jay Crowder yes. to the Miami Heat for <clears throat> Weed Man, Deion Waiters, Justice Winslow, whose back is hurting him too much, and there was somebody else. Um, it was a second-round draft pick. James Johnson. James Johnson. I don't know what I'm talking about. Who got traded in five seconds, actually. Got traded five minutes later, was traded to another team. So, technically, it was Deion Waiters and uh, Justice Winslow for Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. Who do you think won that one? Um, considering the... Grizzlies already released Deion Waiters, and Justice Winslow's probably out for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, Grizzlies didn't do a very good job here. Uh, no. You could have gotten a lot more value out of for Iguodala. Iguodala. Um, the Heat continue to make a push now. The Heat got a chance. They just got to keep making smart they're, yeah, plays. Yeah, they're going all in this year, as they have seen with their talent. They have to take advantage of it now. I know most of them are younger on their on that team. You're very young, but the youngest team the, in the, the NBA. The boy that they're playing right now is like compared to other teams is definitely different, and they're having a bunch of success. So I think it's a great or great idea by the general manager and the rest rest of the team to go out and get veterans like that to help boost this team. The, the last piece that they needed for the puzzle that they might be able to make a championship. Uh, Rush, even though at the start of the year no one even thought this team would go anywhere with Butler, and then magically they're second in the East. I think they've fallen to third or fourth recently, but because the Raptors have won 13 straight, that's also a shout-out. Pascal Siakam has really turned into a beast. Spicy P. Um, The Heat, I think, are legitimately better than the Sixers. They are. I don't even think that's a topic of discussion. Uh, I'm not saying it will be in the playoffs, but right now they're, they're better. The Sixers have not worked out well. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I called it before the All-Star break. It doesn't work, people. It just doesn't. Anyone with a brain cell knew it wasn't going to work, too. Well, because Ben Simmons has given up no effort to shoot the three ball. You're a a 6'10 point guard. If you learn how to shoot the basketball, you become the greatest player in the entire NBA. So maybe you should start working on that. And if Joel Embiid ran faster than I do at any given point in time during an NBA game, he also would be better. But the Sixers team doesn't put in any effort. This is why you bring in a bench. So that when your lazy bums of starters actually play like garbage, you have replacements that'll actually try. 
All right, I'm sorry. Hot take. <laughs> it was a hot take. The Sixers are starting to tick me off because when your team is that good and you are wasting talent, your coach should get fired if you lose in the first round. Brett Brown should get fired straight up if they lose the first round of the playoffs because this team right now needs a spark that they do not have at all. They're just oh. trutting in like they don't even – like they're, they're just – they know they're going to make it and they're, they're fine at where they are and they don't want to really go anywhere Push any else. harder for anything. Yeah. And they're lazy, so – Embiid, the real life is lazy. I mean, they they came out with a clip about was it yesterday or two days ago, right before their Grizzlies game. He is seen on the bench eating a hamburger, a cheeseburger. It's a double cheeseburger, and getting a foot massage from the assistant coach. That you can't make that stuff up. That's legit. Come on, are you kidding me? You're in the NBA. You're in the NBA. You're not. You're you're not in high school. Um. That's not saying anything about our team. I'm just saying, like, that's just a generalization. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't do that. Like, you got you got to be out there shooting the basketball, dunking over people. Dunking, hey, how about dunking over your assistant coach instead of getting a foot massage from him? That might be a better idea. It's discipline, and as we've seen with the NFL, people like Freddie Kitchens, who don't really discipline their teammate or the teams, gets teammates. himself. Uh, get disciplined in the playoffs or when they got everyone's hopes up with the trust the process, trust the process. It's been four years and they have not gone very, very far. This might be the last year, too, of this trust the process and everyone's been waiting for and counting down the days for. So it, the, the way that everyone, they're just basically not even trying, I don't know, raises some red flags in my opinion. Mm-hmm, I would agree with Pay that. Pay attention to that because I don't know if I could trust this team really with the discipline that they've had going anywhere in the playoffs though with this experience would you rather be because right now if the playoffs started Sixers and Heat would be going head-to-head with Heat home 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 court advantage do you trust the Heat with their inexperience or the Sixers in a seven-game series the way that the Heat have been playing overall they're they look more team like their their chemistry and the way that they play, defensive-wise, is going to be, in my, in my opinion, is going to be a lot better for them as the 76ers are too lazy to even get back on defense with Joel Embiid. And that could be huge. I mean, we might be seeing another crying Embiid if that really happens because <laughs> if anyone ha- like, <sighs> if Embiid really does not want to try, he's just going to be continuing to be in that sad mood. And he's going he to have to learn to play as – to be disciplined and to play at a high level. I mean, he, he's playing all right. He just needs to be to, – to, to learn to try more. <laughs> I would agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And the, and the, the way that – the heart that especially that this Miami team has and the depth that this Miami team has, well, I think I think it would be a sweep, in my opinion, if they would verse each other. That, that's you a, have just gotten a hot take from hot Mr. Take. Ethan. Um, in my opinion, Sixers experience will come to help them at the end. But they actually got to start trying, and Embiid's actually got to start playing basketball. Here's the thing. I, I think one of them's leaving. Uh, whether they get traded or Ben Simmons just says, you know what, I actually want to be on a team that provides some effort and allows me to not shoot threes and stops getting in my face about it. Because for some reason he's a stubborn mule, and stubborn as a mule, and will not shoot a three. He's wide open. He's got the form. He says, yeah, let's pass. Yeah, because that's going to help you win NBA games. And the way that the NBA has changed nowadays where it's depending on the three-point shot. It is in this moment when you realize that Andre Drummond hit three triples in his Cavs debut last night. 
You know how many threes he had in his last two seasons combined? One. Um, <laughs> he went three of three from the three-point line, including a 31-foot three-point jumper from Andre Drummond. Wow. So, kiddies, if you don't learn how to shoot a three, just become Andre Drummond all of a sudden, and then you're good. I've given you a lot of lessons today. You better take these to the bank. Write, write them down. Get, get some write notes going. Notes from Maddie P. All right. Shall we continue? Yes. Where are we at now? We're, we're going to move on. We could probably... En- en- enough NBA for today for those who are puking NBA. Or tired, puking t- NBA. T- tired of it. So <sighs> move on. Just we'll, we'll cover a little bit thing, or a little, little big news that happened recently. It was the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers. That was a huge trade, like a like a huge, huge trade, because that's going to spice everything up in the MLB as Mookie Betts goes from the AL League to the NL League, and that's going to ch- change a few things, in my opinion, because at, I don't know if at first, if, if you guys don't know about the trade, Mookie Betts was originally traded, and he, he was traded for David Price and a lot of other players from, uh, I believe, from the Dodgers. Reds, and it, uh, Red, Red, Reds. Oh, yeah, Dodgers. No, sorry. I'm yeah, from the Dodgers. They had a huge trade. But then there were some of the f- players that failed their physicals, so the trade didn't go through. And then the trade expanded after that ha- failed, like the failed physical happened. And many other play- teams got involved, like the Twins, I believe, got involved in this big trade. Yeah. They got some pitch. They got a pitcher. God, I can't. I don't remember his name. I'm looking it up. I don't some, know. Some prospect. Yeah, he, he got one of the prospects. So they got involved, and they got a big prospect. But obviously the cover of the MLB from last year, the MLB the show, Mookie Betts, is now headed to the big city in L.A. from Boston to okay. L.A. Another sports game with a curse. Yep. He's he's traded now. And is it – yeah, he's. Th- this is going to be huge overall because the Dodgers last year, obviously, they looked like they were going to be going far, far. In, into the playoffs and ended up choking. I think. Did they make it to the the World Series? I'm pretty sure. Right? Who? The Dodgers. No. They, they did. absolutely they got and choked. Completely di- got just. <coughs> they choked against who of all teams? The Washington Nationals. Nationals. Clayton Kershaw can't pitch anymore, boys. Yes. Yeah, so they're gonna be. They needed some spark on offense, even though their offense is already loaded with the players on that team. We can handle the World Series trophy now. Honestly. Yeah, at this point, as they got Mookie Betts, even more better defense too. <laughs> Nobody's it's, stopping them. Yeah. Here's the other thing: they made a, They were trying to make a trade f- uh, with Jack Peterson of the Angels, mm-hmm. and it didn't go through. So now they get to keep Peterson. Are you? Uh, d- d- bye bye. Uh, this is crazy. You've never seen a team. It's like it's like the NBA Warriors, NFL Patriots. They are building a dynasty. They just have to actually learn how to win playoff games. Um, once they do that, the Dodgers are just gonna win a champ- championship after championship. I think it, it is dynasty time for the Dodgers. And uh, as I was just reading this article, I just want to clarify that the actual the Twins thing got was the that the player that we were talking about that field the physical was the picture that the Red Sox were going to receive from the Twins, I think, or something along those lines as I'm reading. Yeah. But they ended up changing that, and the Twins still got a prospect. They still got Luke Rayleigh, who's one of their younger picks. So he's a very, very young guy for this Twins team that could could become one of the better players on this team. But I just wanted to clarify that. But overall, I think the Dodgers by far won this trade. There's, yeah. I mean, if the I don't know why the Red Sox got rid of their franchise player, their number one best player. It's basically like saying, 
like the the LeBron thing all over again kind of a thing is I guess Mookie Betts after not really making it far in the World Series for the last part or two years they have they haven't been close to the World Series thought it'd be a good idea to switch leagues and go back to this or go go over to the Dodgers who have been having a ton of success and hopefully they might be able to carry carry the torch maybe carry him to the <laughs> to the World Series I don't think, I don't think you need to carry Mookie Betts he can hold his own well I mean. <laughs> Towards the end of the season, he was struggling. That's why I think the the Red Sox just Red Sox in total struggle. have been struggling and cheating. Yes, um, if you don't know about that, Astros, that's a whole Red thing. Sox. We covered that before, but go back and watch our old episodes. They're yes, funny. <laughs> remember the first one we did? Oh my, oh the, my the power rankings. We probably sound stupid. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, I just wanted to get something real quick before we head over to what I'm assuming is March Madness. Yep, the, our um, usual how we always end it. <laughs> Uh, big news today from two different leagues. First of all, the XFL already fired a defensive coordinator. Oh, my goodness. That's kind of – I mean, That was quick. Pepper Johnson, defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Wildcats. That's not the big thing. I just saw that. Um, Phillip Rivers is officially en- entering free agency, ending his Chargers run. He will not return to the Chargers. He is officially going somewhere else. Wow. So, Chargers are now on the run for a quarterback. <laughs> Tom Brady um, are now officially on the run for a quarterback. And you remember Masai Ujiri, the guy who helped the Raptors get Kawhi Leonard, one of the most highly uh, touted um, front office um, personalities for in the NBA. Oh, yes, 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 I know. He is Gone? got an arrest warrant out for his name on alleged oh, assault charges. So, oh, no. It, it, in the event in which this ends up being true, this is a huge deal because the Raptors then lose a ginormous piece of their organization and their conversations within the building. There's so that reason. is a big deal that we're going to have to keep an eye out yeah, for. Yeah, there's a reason why Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto in the first place, and I think it was because of it him. Was hit. It was because it was of the because pitch of he was him. able to give to him. And losing him, or, or losing... Obviously, him was not going to be good for the Raptors going no. forward at all. Agreed. But other than that, of our random recent news, yeah. we'll and usually end to our uh, come to our usual ending segment being mine and your favorite as usual, March Madness. March Madness. As another week passes, another AP poll comes up, and we're going to be going over it as usual. Do you want to begin today, sir? I think I'll start as. We look at the brackets as it's loading. The top nine this week remain unmoved, unscathed. Nothing really happened. San Diego State's still undefeated, as usual. It's still number four. Yeah, they're de- they look like – yeah, they're, they're somehow still number four, but I think – Oh, now you're starting to join my I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they haven't really played big, big people. They beat Villanova, who just lost to Butler this week. But we'll get to that in a second. But I don't know. I, I think what every, everyone – where they are is good enough, but there there will be mo- some movement going into next week. As I'll I'll start off with the first part of it. We'll just I'll skip down for now. We we'll, we can go back up to the top boys, but I'm gonna head down to the Duke and FSU number seven, number eight. Those two teams both twenty and three. And what are they doing? They're playing each other this t- today, this yeah. Monday night. So it's gonna be a huge game. One of these teams is going to drop. They're not going to drop that far, but they're definitely going to probably drop out of the top 10, whoever loses this game, depending on how big of a blowout. If it goes to overtime, I don't know. I don't see them sell any I'm not even teams. sure one of these two teams falls in the event of a loss. Really? You don't think uh, Maryland or Seton Hall goes ahead of I'm them? I'm going to say this. Dayton can win every game this week. They're going down. Really? 
I think the winner of this game at least leapfrogs Dayton. They're not going to leapfrog yeah, Dayton. Yeah, Duke or Florida State's definitely going to leap Dayton, as Dayton really is not going to play anyone hard, I believe, the rest of the season since their division is not Rhode, as stacked Rhode as this. Rhode Island, I believe. Um, Rhode Island's on the bubble, so we'll, we'll see. Are they, they actually? Oh, yeah, they are. I they, they're on the that. bubble. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Duke, Florida State, again, Duke, is, again, 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 <laughs> again, 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 has a ton of talent. Every year, it, it really started it's the usual. with. It started back in the 80s with Christian Leitner. Remember him? Yep. And then now you've got players like Trey Jones who have stayed there for half a century, it feels. Trey Jones has been the cornerstone of this team for years, and now he's their star player. Couldn't Can we talk about the North Carolina game? That I don't know if anyone watched that game, but un- unbelievable. North Carolina, one of the worst teams. And this, this happened this week. Yes. Unbelievable. North Carolina has been horrible, absolutely horrible. We've been making fun of them every single week on this. And we're still going thing. to. And we're still going to as they actually made it a game. Their North, the Duke North Carolina is always a rivalry, and it still was, even though Duke or excuse me, North Carolina has been struggling all year. They somehow decided to pull something out of their uh, behinds, and they made it a game. But they ended up going into overtime after. If you, I don't know if you saw this play. This play is unbelievable. The, the Trey Jones, with, the Trey Jones shot. The yeah, Trey I Jones watched the shot. whole game. Oh my goodness, they're down two. And Trey Jones is got has one free throw left. He chooses to miss the free throw, throws a unbelievable perfect like shot, hits the or it, the front of the rim, bounces out. He knew exactly where he was going, so I'm assuming he's been practicing that for I mean weeks. He he knows where exactly where he's going. He throws it off the rim, comes right back to his hands. He pulls up mid range jumper in someone's face. The hand was like in his face. Pulls it, splashes it. Tie game, sends it to overtime, which they would eventually win by two. But oh, that was, I think, one of the top plays I've seen this entire year so far, March Madness-wise, and NCAA basketball-wise, should I say. This is where the experience will come into a major factor because if you look at um, a player like, players like Trey Jones, North Carolina's entire starting five is different from last year. They didn't have these clutch moment experiences where Trey Jones was on Duke with plenty of them. This is where that experience is going to come into play, and it's why North Carolina is struggling majorly this year. You look at the teams at the top, you can name one player on, every, on, that, on all of those teams that has stayed a consistent threat. Baylor, uh, Gillespie, Freddie Gillespie, uh, Louisville, Jordan Nawara, Dayton, uh, Obi Toppin, uh, Duke, as we already said, Trey Jones. It's just those big players that you've seen year after year who continue to be those experienced guys, those veterans, even though they're like 19 and 20. Those veteran players who really bring a big piece to the teams. And you see that now, and I think that's why Duke ended up winning this game, especially in the clutch like that. They they were a great team going overall, but and I, I, I don't see them stopping, I think. as I don't know if we were talking about this earlier, but I don't think Duke falls to this Florida State team. I think they have too oh, much yeah, talent no, no, on their no. team compared to this Florida State team. And we'll, we'll obviously – Figure out the winner tonight, but other than that, we'll be moving on. I'll head back up to the top just to talk about the fact that Baylor is just – I don't know if anyone gives Baylor any credit, but, I mean, they don't been, deserve it. Well, I, I don't know. They're on, they're on a 20-game winning streak. They've been yeah. hot. But every week I still think that Gonzaga should be higher, in my opinion. Oh, oh <laughs> I think Gonzaga I think Baylor be should be three. Um, oh, I've said that for behind. a long time. But, obviously – People disagree with us. They just because Everybody they. Everybody disagrees with me. 
Yeah, just because, I mean, Kansas is the better team, but they've lost to bigger teams that are all in the top 25. Oh, no, I don't think it should be above Kansas. Yeah, I, I think Kansas should be. Kansas and Gonzaga definitely should be higher. I mean, Gonzaga has not lost home or away con like conference-wise with their only one win coming in at tournament loss at the in September, I think, is when we said. That was a long, long time ago, and I think. Who did they lose to? I could probably check in a second. Mississippi State, I believe, is the name that rings quickly. I'm zooming through. I don't even see it on here. Um, Michigan. Michigan. I found yeah, Michigan. I mean, they lost by a solid 18 to Michigan, but it. I I think overall, I mean, Michigan's been struggling in the Big Ten. We'll get to that later. In the big big yeah. Big Ten as we cover that, but in the big garbage. The big garbage. A great way to describe it, but. <laughs> I think as each week we're going to continue it. Gonzaga, Kansas, and we're just waiting for it, waiting for Baylor to drop because I don't know if they should be up that high. Even though I, I even though they're on a twenty-game winning streak, and I got to give credit to that, but I don't think they should be that much higher. Louisville looks like they're going to stay there. Don't see them dropping in the ACC unless they versus Duke or another other another ACC team coming up sooner or later. I'll check their. Is that a plug-in to check me, make me check their schedule? I could. Flor check. Florida State. Is their only ranked team left. And that is not for another week Couple or weeks, two. Couple weeks, yeah. So until then, I don't see them dropping unless something... I don't even see them losing another game. Something magical happens. So they'll probably stay at the five. And they Dayton. will win the ACC this year. There is no competition for them in the ACC. And no, there's no competition for Jordan Awara, who to me might run away with this Wooden Award. He might. He Jordan might just. Jordan Awara, really? He is so good. And there is no defense that can game plan for this kid. I turn on Louisville games because this kid is fun to watch. One day, he'll be in the NBA smoking defenses. Watch. All right. Um, I'm going to put in my little plug into my little segment that I call Rise Up. All right. Oh, boy. Penn State. What do they do? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, my goodness. Okay, what did they do is precise? Oh, apparently beating Michigan State by five moves you up nine spots. Um, and Well, a lot of teams lost Whoa. this week. Holy goodness. Uh, Colorado, oh, <laughs> say Colorado, I'm a giraffe. They beat two teams by a combined 13 points, and they move up eight spots. Um, wow. Marquette, Jackson's got to be proud of this one. They had the first destroyed time Destroyed Butler. Um, and then DePaul. I was watching that Marquette-Butler game. That was... Non-competitive. <laughs> no, because uh, Marquette hit, I believe, six straight threes in a row. Marcus Howard is still there. Yeah, that it wasn't even Marcus Howard wasn't even no. on the court during that three that huge sick three point run. And no, Marquette couldn't miss against Butler during that home game, and that's they just completely blurry. And Butler, I mean Baldwin was having a game as usual. I mean he's always. their star player. He's always going to be with their better players, but he couldn't get things going, or the the rest of the team couldn't get things going to match up against this Marquette three point shooting team. And they're finally back in the top twenty five. This brings up a question for me though, as I slide one spot down to Marquette, how did Butler not fall at all? Oh, wow. Didn't they lose two games, I think, this week? One. One. Marquette. The Marquette absolute disaster. Well, that, they that survived was. Villanova, and that's why they didn't drop. Because Villanova, this, when they beat Villanova, they were ranked 10th, I believe, overall. Yes. And that's the reason why I, I don't believe they dropped is because of that huge win against that. And that's why Villanova dropped five spots now mm -hmm. that they're at 15. Because that was a huge win. Yes, it was a ginormous win over them. I don't know if you watched that game. That was I, a I keep an eye. <laughs> the Big East, the Big Ten, and the Missouri Valley are pretty much the R3. ones that I pay attention to every single – and Pac-12, especially considering uh, late night, I have there's a lot, not a lot going on. 
Colorado. I'm going to actually talk about Colorado for a little bit, if you don't mind. All right, um, you're fine. Colorado has been extremely impressive because they did, when the beginning of the season, you did not point them out as a team like that oh, you expected to do anything really particularly well. Um, but they have a couple of really young kids, guards. Um, first of all, McKinley Wright, who is averaging 21 uh, – no, sorry, that's, that, that's against Oregon, who's averaging 14 <laughs> – <laughs> 14, 6, and 6 on 55% shooting. He is a junior. I believe their other one is, uh, uh, what's his name? Something, uh, Deshaun Schwartz. Yeah. Schwartz, not Schwartz. Um, 13 points, 4 boards. Their guards are both six foot six, so they're playing tall out of the backcourt. They have excellent rebounding, and they, they've shown it. They're on a big-time winning streak. They're getting it done against these big teams. They moved up eight spots deservingly, and I think Oregon is going to have a tough time on Thursday with this team. I mean, they're versing the two better teams in this entire Pac-12, being Oregon and Oregon, Oregon State, State, who have been both one of the basically the better teams. I mean, Oregon State just a lot. Were, Oregon lost to Oregon State. We'll get to that Ooh. in a second. I'm, I'm pretty sad, but just, just seeing Colorado rise, I'm surprised it's taken them this long. If you've seen the teams that they've beaten, they've beaten Dayton, they've beaten Oregon, who's ranked. They've beaten they beat, a ton of teams. They've beaten a ton of teams. I'm, I'm surprised they have not been up out here or up up top here in a while. I mean, the only t- like the other uh, bleh, the only other team they've lost to like as a as a big team was Kansas. They got obliterated against them, but that was towards the start of the season, and they're obviously a different team. And Northern Iowa, they lost to Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, but seeing the Colorado be able to go on this hot streak, this is the right time to be hot as yes, we're, the season slowly be coming to an end. And if Colorado continues this, it's basically if they this week, if they win these next two games this week against Oregon and Oregon State, the rest of their schedule is a br- easy breezy lemon squeezy. They don't really versus anyone of hardest. I mean Stanford, who also beat Oregon lately, but other than that, I don't think any of those rest of those teams are going to be able to beat them besides the two Oregon team, the two teams from Oregon. And if Colorado is able to do this, I see them moving up to the top ten if they're able to beat these two teams. Agre- I agree with you actually. Um- Colorado right now is a four seed in March Madness brackets. Do not be surprised if you don't see them higher. Uh, the, to me, easy Pac-12 favorites. Sorry, Oregon. I came out of nowhere. Two people were thinking Oregon had it in the bag, and then Colorado decided to change Colorado decided, up. hey, guess what? You forgot about me. It, it's weird because you don't talk about Colorado really as a big team in the Pac-12, right? And this year they have just dominated. Uh, the only big, as you said, the, really the only excusable loss they have is Kansas. They have four other losses that you kind of scratch your head at. Well, no, not Northern Iowa. But you have three kind of head-scratching losses, but still. Colorado and Oregon, I think, are going to fight for it. But to me, Colorado's got it in the Pac-12. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to see here. The fact that we were talking about how many uh, Big Ten teams were in this ranking a couple weeks ago, and now it's literally Maryland and then pretty much nothing. I mean, you have Iowa and Illinois sitting down there. Michigan State was the number one heading into the season. They're not even in this. Oh, <laughs> that, that's a problem. Well, they're the first team out right now, and they got tons of votes. So You know who the top two teams were heading into this year? Wasn't it Michigan State and I don't know exactly which. Was it North Carolina? It was North Carolina. Yikes. I mean, Wow. Wh- <laughs> Wow. Well, talk about living up to expectations. <laughs> nope. Northern Iowa, I think if they win this week too, she get in. Um, there are only a couple of votes out. And considering the teams right now that are below, that are in front of them, excuse me. How did LSU stay in? How, how, by the skin of their teeth, they have six losses and they suck. How are they still in? Creighton, 
I don't know how they stayed in. Oh, is Texas Tech in here with eight losses? Yeah. <laughs> ho, ho, what? <laughs> Texas Tech is in here with eight losses. I mean, apparently only losing to Kansas by three gives you that. Um, it, see, this is what I hate about the AP poll sometimes. I look at Northern Iowa. Oh, my Iowa. gosh. I'm just looking at their league right now. Sorry to disturb you real quick. But no, they, you're good. It's okay. They've lost, they lost by two to Kentucky. They lost by – or they, they beat West Virginia, and they lost by three to Kansas. Apparently, going one and two automatically means you're in the top 25. Fighting, fighting hard at some of those good teams. The thing is we have four Big 12 teams ranked, and literally the rest is garbage. So, Texas Tech is going to need a lot to win the Big 12, though. Um, There's too many teams in the Big 12 this year. That, that ooh, Yeah, I would agree. When you got Baylor number one overall and then entire March Madness, it's kind of hard to uh, pull something off. Even though right now San Diego State is still the number one overall seed in net rankings. Well, does that tell you something, AP? Like, hello? Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep getting, I get, I get a little fired up with that still. Until they're <laughs> number one, it will be the discussion. Until they're number one. I'm going to keep talking about them. I'm waiting because they need to be. They're the best team. I'm curious. Has there ever been a team that's never lost going into March Madness? Wichita State a couple years ago. Wichita State, really? I remember that, and they were a one seed, and they lost in the second round. <laughs> I remember that. I, I had Wichita State winning the whole thing. That was the only year. Uh, that was the one of the only years in the past eight or nine that I've actually lost my March Madness bracket. <laughs> I, I forgot about that one year. We were talking about it earlier. I've won eight straight. Mm -hmm. Seven of the last eight. That was the one I haven't won because that destroyed my bracket. Um, anyway, uh, final thoughts? We got, we got a decent amount of time. Yeah, so I know. We continue, but I want to hop back up. We got to talk about the kings of the Big East. Yes. Seton Hall is continuing to move up, and this is, their, I believe, their first time in the top ten. They've been, they've been just outside. They were just in the top ten, and then they fell out, and then they just came back. But Miles, yeah. yeah, Miles Powell had a great week. He's continuing being hot, and the rest of that team, I mean, Miles Powell is like obviously the number one people or the number one person most people talk about. But the rest of that team is pretty good too. People don't give credit to the rest of that Seton Hall team. They've been yeah. playing extremely, extremely well. It is true, but I mean, if you look at it, it is Miles Powell. And then that's everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And that's no disrespect to their entire team because it, it works together as a cohesive unit. But Miles Powell, one of the top leading scorers in the country, 22 points a game. Um, he is a beast. And this guy's last name, who I was going to try and say, I can't. <laughs> so we're not. Don't embarrass try. yourself. Just, just. Uh, no, I, I have to try. I have to get the satisfaction of doing this. All right, let's see it. Sandro Mamuka Lashivali. Oh Lord. <laughs> I apologize to anybody involved with his family. Um, that was bad. 10 points, 5 boards on 51% shooting, and recently he has been playing even better. He's got 19 points, 12, uh, 17 points in the last game, 19 and 12. He's playing well. And if they can get a second score behind Miles Powell, Seton Hall becomes an easy two or three seed in brackets and becomes a team that can upset and win the whole thing. The only problem is, since they are in the Big East, which is a basketball school, I just pulled up their schedule. Yikes. Have fun. Yikes. Five ranked games out of their – five out of six. Are their last – five of their – four five, of their last six. Five, right? of the, five of their seven of oh, the last five God. are all ranked. Creighton, they got a verse twice. Creighton's ranked 23. Butler is 19. Marquette is 18. Villanova is 15. 
They're all teams besides Creighton. These are all amazing teams. I understand it sucks being in the Big East, but yeah, they're definitely going to drop one of these games. And if that's the way that the Big East has gone so far this year, if they drop one game, they're going to drop hard no matter yeah. where they are. And they're going to, they might not be able to continue their, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to move higher than 10. And I, I, I've just got cringe in Matthew's uh, mouth. I, I, I would agree with you on mostly all occasions. I'm yes. looking at the Big East standings. Seton Hall's three games ahead. Oh, my goodness. I, did. uh, I didn't even realize that. So this is the first time I'm looking at this. They are three games. They're 10-1 and one in conference. In a loaded Big East, they are way ahead of the rest of the, of the pack right now. Um, so pretty simple. If they only lose one more, one or two more games, they've already won, <laughs> right? So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Seton Hall is the favorite still to come out of this Big East, and they shouldn't have a lot of issues. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that uh, having home field advantage throughout the entire conference tournament, you win the Big East, you're getting a very good seed from the committee. You always will, and you always, and you, and you all, yeah, you always will. Um, last couple touches, you want to go Big Ten? Yeah, we'll, we'll cover the Big Ten, and then we'll do our Missouri Valley, the last two, our usual, is before we cover the end, mm-hmm. as Iowa, Illinois take a hit in this yeah. league. I mean, Maryland is leading the Big Ten by a ton now after those last two games. Yes. Iowa and Illinois both lost a game this week. It sucks. I believe Iowa lost twice. Iowa lost twice? Yes, I believe. Luca Garza has been struggling recently. Oh, no, they only lost one. No, I think they oh, only lost it was one. The, it was Garza. that Purdue game. It was the Purdue game. Oh, where God. It, it was just a fluke there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was a fluke. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, kinda. when you lose by, what is it? When you give up 104 points to Purdue, who has been tragic. Absolutely tragic. Fitz tragic. Thank you for that one. You're They've welcome. been tragic. They're 7-6 and six in this, what is it, in this division. I mean, Purdue still is going to find a way to get into the March Madness, but so far they have not been the same team they were last year with Carson Edwards. So, I, and that's not that's why it's like surprising to me because seeing a team like lose by or like what is it whatever it's called Iowa lose give up 104 points to Purdue of all teams, that's not good, and that's why they they dropped and they dropped hard as they I think yeah. fell four spots this week five five spots wow. And here's the thing. Penn State, Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State. That is where you stand of the six. That's where you stand. I don't think you could count anybody else in. I think Ohio State the past couple weeks has blown their chance of even yep. getting into this thing. They just lost to Wisconsin this week, and that ended. That probably was it for them if they're going to make it to into the tournament. This. Yeah, they're 5-7 and seven now. They just lost. That's a huge loss. Mich- oh, I forgot about Michigan. Michigan's going to get in. Michigan's going to get in? Simply because of their non-conference record and the way they've played. There's no way Michigan gets in. Yeah, Michigan will get in. It's Michigan, Ah. Ethan. (laughs) It's Michigan. Yeah, they're going to pick. 10 basketball. Yep. Oh, that that probably means Ohio State will probably get in. I'm just hoping Rutgers makes it. That's that's all I care about. Yeah, here's the thing. Rutgers makes it, Ohio State doesn't make it. If Michigan gets in, Rutgers gets in too. If Ohio State gets in, Rutgers gets in too. You cannot put in Michigan and you cannot put in Michigan and Ohio State and not put in Rutgers. I'm sorry. As much as the March Madness needs their money, Rutgers deserves it this year. Geo yes, Baker they do. is a god. Yes, yes. Repeat that again. Geo Baker is a 
God. And I yes, love sir. Him. And I love watching him. He's been outstanding for this Rutgers team, even though they have fallen out of the top ten. Hoping that somehow, some way, they make their way back in. I'm checking to see how many votes they got to get back I'm not into even sure it. they got any. They didn't get any? I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, if Winthrop got a vote, I sincerely hope they got East Tennessee State's back, too. If you want to see that. Yes. Oh, oh actually, where's East Tennessee? They, oh, they, they got are two. back. Rutgers got two. Rutgers got two, and East Tennessee State got two. So. And Virginia got two. And then Winthrop got what? Wait, how, why Winthrop? Because they're – have you seen their goal? Oh, yeah, they're like 12-0 in conference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have not lost in the conference. 18-7, so. 14-game winning streak. Yeah, that might – Ooh. Research they, time for Matthew. How have they not been uh, moving up compared to this well, LSU they're, team? Where they're they're out, at? Look, at their out-of-conference record. It's kind of garbage. Oh. Uh, Wright State, they're, they're always – every year in the Horizon League, they've been playing excellent. May I check? Yep. Remember that kid last year at the turn uh, here at uh, Hardwood? I forget his name. There was it was some kid from I think it was from Geneva. I'm Did he go to Wright State? He he's a starter. Was he starter? I'm trying to figure out who it is. Um, really? Give me one moment while I try and figure it out. Geneva won the Hardwood Classic for anyone who doesn't last, know that yeah, last, last year. year. And I'm assuming if they won the Hardwood Classic, so, oh, so someone would probably go to yes. A, got him. Loot him. Loot and love. Freshman out of the hometown of Geneva, Illinois. Wow. Is averaging 16 points and 10 rebounds. Whoa. Whoa, okay, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Proud to leading, be from Geneva. Leading scorer and leading rebounder for the team as a freshman. Wow. You have oh, learned okay. something new today. Okay. 11-2 in conference, 21-5 total record. Might have to keep an eye on Wright State. He will State. have to keep an eye on Wright State. I, I drove so. past there a few weeks back when I went to visit my family. Where, where is Wright State at? It's in Ohio, just outside. Ohio. Just, okay. It's really close to Dayton, if you care. Oh, it is. It's, really it's cool about, about yeah. like 10, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes. Wright State, again, is going to be good. Especially, I did not know that kid was playing that well in, uh, in Wright State. See? Some kids you may have seen before may just turn into stars. Like I might, might have to bandwagon Wright State like, now. Like I, these uh, kids from Niles North that we've seen. Aquan Smart. Aquan Smart and Jalen Butler. Yeah, what the heck. That was, these, they, kid, these kids might be, these kids might be something. Um, do we we got to go Missouri Valley now, right? Uh, is there anyone else you want to cover, LSU-wise? LSU-wise. Hold on one second. They're on a two-game losing streak, just uh, lost I, I've to Auburn. I've said they shouldn't be in the rankings, and I'll leave yeah. it at that. The one, I'll just, it's going to be really brief. Um, Teams that are just outside the horizon you want to yeah, talk about? I'm, I'm just going to really briefly touch on uh, SF Austin real quick. Um, are they getting any? Oh, they only got six votes. They got six. Uh, the thing is, they're 21-3, and three, and they're on an 12-1 in conference. That. that You'll always see you always see them in your bracket every year, yep. and you always think, "Oh, maybe I should pick them. Maybe I shouldn't pick them. Just pick them." They we all know win. from last year. We all learned our lesson. Well, they almost beat Texas Tech, and then Texas Tech went under the championship. But still, yeah, thank God that uh, Texas Tech was able to pull it off. I mean, I think I think I and half my my bracket's gonna be personal. Or honest with you, I think I had SF Austin winning <laughs> as, as my upset because I didn't believe in Texas Tech, and boy did I. Bite I don't that. think anybody believed in Texas Tech, and then they did that last year. Um, watch out though. If SF Austin gets a 13 or 12 seed, especially against a team like Illinois, I'm sorry, That's... Illinois, I love you. You're losing. Um, all right, I, I can't, can't hold my excitement any longer. We gotta go, Mizzou Valley. Guess who's got 44 votes? Northern Iowa, who I who bold prediction they're getting in next week. Um, really? My, and, and they don't verse. They don't lose. They don't verse anyone. Of I know, but if you look, I think LSU is gonna get a tainter on their schedule this week. 
I think Creighton loses another in the loaded in the loaded Big East, and that probably puts in a spot for Northern Iowa. Well, there's also the one team that's out right now, which is Michigan State. They're going to probably steal one of those spots, and Rhode Island has 57 votes. Yeah, Rhode this Island week. plays Dayton this week. Oh, yeah. So if they win, that'll so be a statement I, so I'm, win, I'm and they'll saying, be in. If they lose, there's a chance for Northern Iowa definitely to move up there. Agreed. So as I look at this, they're the clear favorites. I would. They've been the clear favorites since really conference play started. Where my sister Jean is still praying to God. Because here, I'm going to tell you this. Praying to God. Here, here is the thing. Anybody besides Northern Iowa wins this conference, you will have two Missouri Valley teams in. That's true, yeah. That's simple. Which that's going to be the first time in a very long time yeah. since Wichita State was still in the Missouri Valley, I think, yes, since then. because uh, Illinois State got it one of those years. When and Wichita then Creighton was, was also in the Missouri Valley. Oh, my God, then, I forgot about that. Back then, and then they moved out of the Missouri Valley, too. So Northern Iowa maybe out? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I really hope not. Northern Iowa is getting in. No, they're, they're, they're getting, getting in. in. They're five. They're on a five-game winning streak, but not to take anything from the Loyola and Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is on a seven-game winning streak. They've been the Salukis have been the playing Salukis, yes. excellent. And they're hot. A team to also keep an eye on too is Bradley, as usual. Bradley is always one of those sleeper teams every year. Never forget they're there. Because they will sneak up on you like a raccoon in your garbage. That's what um, Arch Madness is for. <laughs> it is. And then I'm going to just point out, even though I don't think they have a chance at all, watch out because Evansville always finds oh, a way. Oh, and 12. They are 0 and 12. If they can beat Duke, you never know what no, they can beat happen. Kentucky. They beat Kentucky. Kentucky, sorry. If they can beat Kentucky, you never know what can happen. It's called Arch Madness for a reason. The madness is real. Indiana State, I didn't even realize, was seven. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Forget about it. Yeah, they, they end up losing, I think, to Illinois State. I think this they got yes, obliterated by yes, Illinois yes, State yes. This, this week. So, not um, as much as we praised them last week, I don't know. That That's uh, that's not good to lose to an Illinois State team like that. <laughs> that is true. Um, but if you're Indiana State and Bradley, I mean, you look at last year, how a team like Loyola, who was by far the favorite setting into Archman, has lost in the second round, and then Anything the bracket, bracket opened up like that in uh, the Missouri Valley Conference. And so it was just for me last year, I filled out a bracket for every single conference tournament. Oh, goodness. And this was my only – this and the South Dakota State were my only failures I because I had Loyola winning the Missouri Valley, biased opinion. Um I had Loyola winning the whole thing in that conference, and my bracket just got destroyed. Because remember, the top two teams in the Missouri Valley get first-round buys in Arch Madness. Yep. And then Loyola came in first game against uh, Northern Iowa. It was Northern Iowa, yeah. How about that? How ironic. And these two teams will probably meet up, in my opinion, in the championship in Arch Madness this year. That's if Southern Illinois can, doesn't continue their hot streak. I'm just saying. That's true, but I don't know if Southern Illinois has the experience in tests. Southern Illinois test also that. looking at their records, they can't win away. They're three and seven away compared to their eleven and one at so, home. So championship game, they're in trouble. So experience wise, I don't see them. Really no, I, I, it's the teams like Southern Illinois and Indiana State. They don't have the experience that will struggle. Oh well, well, do you have anything to add? All I want to say is this year, I think. In comparison to other years, we've had a clear favorite in March Madness. In Arch, this year, in March Madness? No, in, in March Madness March in Madness. Okay, yes. This year, you do not have a clear favorite. Absolutely. I think you've got like 10 teams that you can legitimately say, I think they're going to win. 
and that will, that is what is going to make brackets so difficult this year is because there is right now, except for me, no clear winner. I have a clear winner. I don't know if anybody else does. And I'll say it right before we leave. My clear winner right now is Kansas. Um, they just have the experience. And Devon Dotson as a buki. They nobody else on that top front has the experience. We'll see. We'll see if that matters. Yep. Tournament time. I don't want to give my predictions yet because I'm gonna continue to think it over. I don't want to have to bite bite the buzzer at the end of the game. I'll bite the, day. the buzzer now and then you and then you can all yell and screw at me later. It's kind of fun. I enjoy it. You enjoy getting yelled at like you did during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <sighs> we don't talk about that anymore. All right. Oh well. Well, I'll, we'll we'll wait until we get closer to that, and then we'll start making real predictions. Stay mm-hmm. tuned till then. We'll actually probably do an entire podcast about March Madness because yeah. we could talk about this all day, and we'll help anyone who's willing to listen with their po- or or is it their brackets. But stay tuned for that episode as we get into March. But other than that, we're this is going to conclude our eighth episode of just talking about sports. It's thanks for tuning in, and I hope you have a great day. And. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah.